Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. LFC Day Trippers, brought to you by bookmakers.com. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Friday Night Premier League Forecast. Uh, hope you're all well. Uh, looking forward to your bank holiday weekend if you're living in England. Good luck to you. It's going to be interesting, to say the least. Uh, tonight, we're joined by Luke and by Joe from Albion Obsessed. Good evening, lads. How are we? Hello. All good, mate. All good. Feeling good. Feeling good. Day off. Yeah, you just had a nice week, a nice break, Luke. Yeah, uh, nice break. Came straight back for a bank holiday. So, oh yeah, get right, get a Monday off, and then they get Monday off this week as well. Happy so, days. How's like how's life in Wrexham at the minute? Oh, crazy, crazy. Like my uh, yeah, my mate was at the game when they secured promotion, ran onto the pitch like everyone else that I knew, and had his kebab nicked by Ben Foster. <laughs> After the I game, had do. his kebab nicked by Ben Foster. At the end, but yeah, but they're all in Vegas now. Like they're all getting absolutely hammered in Vegas. Fair know, play to speak. And they got a hero's welcome, so they are full-blown celebrities. But yeah, next season's going to be interesting. Next season's going to be interesting. Mm. Well, the thing is, Luke, you got to look at it. There was a, the news came out tonight. The Sky have done a deal with the EFL to be there to cover the EFL for the next four years, and they're going to be broadcasting something like over a thousand games across all competitions. So if you're a League One, League Two championship club at the minute, the exposure that those leagues are going to get through Sky, in my opinion, is going to be football saturation. But if you're a fan of these clubs, if you're a fan of the of Wrexham and League Two or any of the other League Two and League One clubs, you're going to get to see a lot of those a lot of games. Apparently they're going to televise all Yeah, they're going to televise all of the Carabao Cup games in every round. And the Johnson Pitt, well, I don't know what it's called anymore. It used to be the Johnson's Pitt Trophy. Papa Leyland, John's Trophy. Papa John's Trophy. It was a Leila Daft Trophy at one stage. But uh, so I can remember go, going to Wembley when it was a Leila Daft 
when it was Leyland Daft Trophy. But um, yeah, that's going to be crazy. You know, it's um, good for it's good for the football league. It's good injection of cash as well. It's good but, for the town as well. Like the town is is buzzing. Yeah, it must it. be massive. And the thing yeah. is, getting out of League Two is probably easier than getting out of the I expect, National League. I don't expect Wrexham, but if with the correct business, they'll they'll get out of the league next year because their squad. I think even National League commentators said that this is a League One squad stuck in the Championship. So if they do the right business, they'll go straight back. Uh, they'll go straight up again. That'd be massive. New stands sure. getting built as well, so they'll have a bigger stadium than Bournemouth once yeah. it's all. And were they selling? Were they, were they sellouts? Those last few games? Because yes. I remember you telling me you were struggling to get. T- you couldn't get tickets. I think ever since the takeover, since the start of last season, I've struggled to get get a ticket. I only went to one game. And I was like, hmm, let's see if I could get like a season ticket. Cause I want to try and go regularly with my mate. I think they've sold about six and a half thousand season tickets. Like everyone that had a season ticket last season all been renewed. Wow. That that's that's massive. When you because Joy, you know what it's like when you're when you're down in and around League One, League Two championship, getting crowds in the door is tough enough. You know, mm. keeping people interested and engaged, but for a place like Wrexham to into the second season and being able to do that—that's impressive. You know, the future they could have a really good future with it if they get it right. Yeah, definitely helped by the Disney documentary oh, yeah. and having yes. two Hollywood yes. stars yeah. um, owning them. Um, but you know, it's it's huge for their fans because you know that they, they they haven't bought into Disney, they haven't asked for Ryan and, and Rob to come over. And, and to be fair to Ryan and Rob, they've taken to the English football culture magnificently well. Everything I've seen publicised on them, all the interviews, I, I've I've absolutely loved to watch. And it must be amazing for the Wrexham fans to, to have that exposure on their club. I remember Brighton playing Wrexham in the FA Cup third round about 12 years ago. And, and to be fair to them, they took us to penalties at their place. Um, and we we had to beat him on penalty shootouts, and uh, I remember Craig McHale Smith playing with one eye because he got one eye gouged out, uh, and had a black out. eye. And um, Ashley Barnes uh, afterwards saying that it was a great three points when it was in the FA Cup, which was quite funny. Um, <laughs> but you know, to to see Wrexham on on the global stage now, and I, and I, I hope that gives other clubs. Um, some sort of recognition as well, because you know Notts County. Look how well they done, yeah. um, and and they've got to try and get promoted via the playoffs. Which uh, they're pre season, they're playing United, Chelsea, in America. It's crazy. Not who Wrexham. Wrexham pre season. They're going to be Chelsea, know, United, insane. in America. Fair crazy play. Exposure. Crazy. Yeah, it's it's a great story. No matter how you look at whether you know that that money coming in from Hollywood, it, it is a great story. Right. Yeah, well, just, yeah. I was going to say the reason yeah. that we're here is for the Premier League this weekend, yeah. and it stretched out all three days. You know, Brighton played last night with a fantastic win and uh, a deserved win as well. Mm. You were at the game, Joe, were you? Yesterday, yeah. Um, it was a deserved win. It was a great performance. Deserved. A lot more than the one nil that you got. Mm. How, how was how the atmosphere in the ground? Was I mean, it must have been. There's nothing like a late winner. Just ask Richardson; he knows all about it. <laughs> I mean, you know, like it. It was cagey. 
really, really cagey because of what had happened two and a half weeks prior uh, at Wembley. And it was pretty much the same game. I think we had a little bit uh, more to us. Um, and Matoma, there was a few chances that he, he squandered, maybe should have squared it to Inciso in the first half and he would have had a tap in. Um, so you're right to say that we, we probably should have been out of sight. But United also had their chances as well that they didn't put away. Um, I remember a glaring miss from Anthony when he was through one-on-one with Jason Steele, um, which was uh, wonderful to see. I mean, £80 million pounds for, for some step-overs and a skin fade. That's quite funny, isn't it? Um, he's, he's not exactly set the world alight. I didn't think um, I was dunk as well. I thought, what are you doing? <laughs> exactly that, is, that. That, was, that was an exactly. image, wasn't it? To see, the, to see that. When you saw, I saw that on Twitter this morning. Um, and I mean, it was the ultimate little and large to see the two of them. Just like, I mean, I... If you've watched the video footage back, he literally just bounces off of Lewis Dunk's shoulder. Yeah, he tries it, to push it, and Lewis Dunk just doesn't move. He just looks at him going, what's this? That's, that's <laughs> dunky for you. But yeah, as yeah. you say, um, Kev, the 99th minute winner uh, was something to behold. And I've never heard the Amex that loud. Honestly, spine tingling stuff. Um, yeah. It made me quite emotional, really, because of what we'd been through two and a half weeks um, prior um, and, you know, I thought we were done with late penalties against Manchester United to decide a game, but apparently it was not. was the other way around. You um, got the exactly, late exactly. Well, Kai, uh, not Kaiseido, McAllister had ice running through his veins and uh, slots, it, slots it in. And uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but there's a video of um, someone filming out of their apartment, which is like not that far away from the Amex. Um, and they're filming the reaction to the penalty. And you hear it just go dead silent and then a massive roar. And it was like the, the roof come off the place. The North Stand was going crazy and it was a sight to behold. Yeah, you love that. I mean, look, we've we've had our fair share this season, the Newcastle one, but nothing was as nice as the one against Spurs last weekend. You know, for everything that was in it, for nearly throwing everything away, for who it was, especially for who it was. And for him to have to just he humble by again. Apparently, it was reported in the tunnel that he said that this place is cursed. That he he is cur- he is cursed yes, for him at, at Anfield. He just nothing will ever go right. But we'll start off with um, I was going to say we'll start off uh, West Ham Manchester United. Um, I think that one is on Sunday. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, West Ham seven p.m. on Sunday. These fixtures this weekend are all over the shop. Because of the because of you because of the coronation you, and everything. You know yeah. what? I'm not going to say because they're doing yeah. a massive thing for work, and I think someone asked me, "What do you feel about it?" And I just gave them the death stare. I was like, "Don't talk to me about that." I'm not interested. <laughs> I'd just be like, "Look, I'm getting a de- I'm getting a day's bank holiday. That's all that I'll have that begrudgingly, but whatever." Look, Sunday 7 p.m. West Ham are still not out of danger, but a point probably does them. Um. Manchester United can't afford any more mistakes, Luke. Um, did you see enough in that Brighton performance that they can? Well, I think they can get. They'll, I think they'll get a win against West Ham purely on the basis that they are very good on the counter, and yeah. you know they've, they're missing key players. Luke Shaw is a liability at the back, especially if you're going if you've got Michael Antonio uh, yeah. coming at you. And Jared Bowen and what have you, but in in fairness, it's like I just think the Manchester United should have enough for this one. Yeah, I think so too. I think 
I think with West Ham, I think they've got all their eggs in that Europa Conference League, to be honest. Like you you even saw where they're starting lineup against City. I know that they said that the the players were out with illness. Well apparently there's two more. There's two more yeah, added to that today. They've just been rested, to be honest. I think they've just been rested because the Europa Conference League, you can get a trophy. Because I think West Ham, I think, I think they're gonna stay up. Um, I just I just think there's way worse teams than them. But for United, you know, if they drop any more points, like they are slowly just opening that door, ever like opening it a little more every time they drop points. And their waveform has been very, very patchy this season. But I just can't I am expecting a United to bounce back because if they were to lose or draw to West Ham and we and Liverpool beat Brentford, then the pressure's cranking up from what should have been top four's done. There's no race anymore. United and Newcastle have got that sewn up. For, for them to let Liverpool back into the race, yeah, it could be a very interesting end to the season. And Joe, look, there's two ways to look at this. West Ham have, is at Atmar in the semi-final of the Europa League. It's a competition I think they're probably favourites for now. But saying that their league form is just not on it's just not where you expect West Ham to be, given the fact that they're doing so well in Europe. But you're gonna have a squad players there looking to try to earn a place in a starting eleven if there is an illness or a bug or something going through through that club. Horrific timing. But at the same time, you saw Manchester United close up and you've seen West Ham this season. The likes of Rashford, Martial, even Martial had chances last night, and Anthony for all of these step overs and what have you. He does get he does create chances. And he might not finish them, but he does create havoc. Is there anything in this to, that you can see how West Ham can come away with three points in this one? Or is it the case that West Ham David Moyes will look at it and think, look, just get a point. Just get a point. Make sure we're safe. That'll put them six points ahead of Everton. And Everton just ain't picking up six points. Yeah, I mean you know, West Ham are in a bit of a pickle because obviously, where do they put all of their eggs? Do they put it all in the the Europe um, semi final, um, or do they, you know, try and secure their safety? And it, it would be an absolute madness if they somehow won the Europa Conference League and and got relegated. Uh, they'd be playing European football in the Championship. That'd be just nuts. Um, it's but, been done. We've had it, it before. Has, with, it has. Yeah, we've Wigan. had it with Wigan. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, like you know, I I saw enough of United yesterday. They can cause you major issues, and um, I've seen you know us take West Ham apart a few months ago. We beat them four nil, and um, they just can't cope with, with with pressure. And Man United will put pressure on them from from the off because, um, as you rightly said, uh, they they're, they're going to be wanting a reaction. And um, I don't think they they lose two in a row um, after you know losing late on against Brighton. They they will probably feel like they didn't deserve to lose that game, but on the balance, obviously talking as a Brighton fan, they definitely did. Um, no bias did. there. Um, but yeah, I, I think this will be a little bit too much for West Ham to deal with, and um, I think they'll be sort of uh, going into the next game week a little bit anxious. Yeah, I think so. Um... I mean, the thing, the only way I look at this, if for any reason, and Luke, what you said is bang on, if for any reason Manchester United dropped, if dropped three points here, if West Ham beat them, 
it's not so much the door is open as the pressure will come on. They've been under no real pressure this season for most most parts. They were tipping away slowly, slowly. Nobody's bothering with them. They were picking up results. They were they weren't any pressure of being outside of the top four, but suddenly. They only need eight points from five, but these are going to be the hardest eight points to go and get them because yeah. this is a squad and a, that have that don't handle pressure well. And the longer they leave it, the more difficult it's going to get. I mean, their fixtures are kind. You know, I'll just have a quick look yeah, there. Um, Manchester United, I think their fixtures aren't, their home aren't difficult. Their has been really good this season yeah. and they've got... Four home games that's, left. Well, that's it. You've got they lost to Brighton. They've got West Ham away. Then they're home to Wolves, away to Bournemouth, who will still be fighting for something. Chelsea yeah. will Bournemouth, just fall. Bournemouth will be the safe by then. They're on like on thirty-seven points. They're there for me. They're pretty much yeah. Safe. But they're at home and it's Manchester United, and they'll want to do something. But then they've got Chelsea at home, Fulham at home. And that's it. They finish their season at the FA Cup final. But yeah, I, I can't see any I can't see how I can't see how Manchester United don't pick these points up. I just can't. Um as much as it would be lovely. Uh one thing as well, hey Chris, what the hell are you doing here in the chat? Chris, it's Chris's birthday today. It's his um 40th today, big roundy birthday. So if he's sober enough to be in the chat, then someone is doing something wrong. So happy birthday to you, Chris. Hope you're having a really good day, my man. And I'll talk to you. I will talk to you over the weekend for sure. But let's get quick score predictions, Luke. Which way do you? What? Yeah, just give just quick score line on this one, man. How do you see it going? Two on West Ham. Hope. Hope. That's the hope right there. Right, Luke or Joe, you're walking into uh, bookmakers tomorrow. Where are you going with your money? Uh, I'm going a three 0 win for United. No, the correct answer is you're going, to bookmaker, you're going to bookmakers.com to get the best odds of oh. what, what odds are available. <laughs> and then you make your decision because this show is sponsored by bookmakers.com. And I did forget. Very good segue. Very good is, segue. It, yeah. Transition. I write that. <laughs> it's not bad. But yeah, look, for anyone who's looking for odds over the weekend, if you're looking for somewhere to get the best odds, Check them out. They collate all of the uh, bookmakers to give you the best odds on what you're looking for. And if you're not into betting, that's fine. But if you are, do so responsibly. If not, check out. There's some great articles on there. There's some really good stats and head-to-head stats as well, which is really, really help- helpful. Well, back to tonight. Joe, you've gone for a 3-0 Manchester United. I say Manchester United 3-1. Um, I just don't... Where's the look up? I just, no, I just, I, my faith is I'm looking at West Ham and it's in like. I hope that kills you though. That's the thing. I am prepared I think, to be roped in. I think it's, not, it, it's more, it's more the players that they could be missing. If they're missing Suchek, Declan Rice, that's the spine of their side. And they're I just... thought West Ham against the first half against City, I thought they did all right. And hmm. the thing that I've noted with United this season, electric first half, drop off in the second half. Yeah. And if West Ham can hold out for the, the first 45, then uh, then they've got a chance second half because United have dropped off away from home in the second well, half of this season. So just hoping that the same thing happens again. Well, we've got to go on to the fun and games fixture now. Uh, Monday, 5.30pm uh, <laughs> at the Amex, 
Brighton host Everton. Uh, my God, Joe, yeah. you were you were you were on Everton pod earlier on. You can tell us about that experience and how how that went with their atmosphere, how they're expecting things to go. But the the Brighton are pro- for me are probably one of the best sides in the league to watch. They're definitely the most entertaining and one of the most fluid sides I've seen in the Premier League for a good while. Confidence is everything with Brighton. And I was worried after the FA Cup final in the manner of the loss, the fact that they were the better side for 120 minutes and lost it. I was worried that Brighton could just say, look, we've had a really good season. Thank you very much. And check out. But mm. last night you saw the roles reverse of that, where you come away with a really deserved win. Uh, but more than that, the performance was good. The performance was there. You had players playing outside of their key roles, like um, Caicedo, play, starting at right back, but drifting into midfields. Don't know mm-hmm. where I've seen that before. And uh, McAllister up front as well. You haven't really missed Evan Ferguson. Well, I think you have missed Evan Ferguson, but it hasn't been as telling you know i mean how how have you seen because i haven't seen you speak we haven't spoken to you since before the cup final so uh, in general how how is it and how are you feeling going into monday well i'm glad it wasn't the cup final because i probably would have a cup been, semi-final my part, i would have been in hiding i would have been crying like <laughs> for for the rest of eternity um but i mean it, it's been a massive roller coaster and a massive test of our character and our bottle, it, it, what do we want to achieve? Um, and the when the team came out against Wolves um, on Saturday, um, Paul Merson on Sky Sports was questioning Roberto De Zerbi's uh, team selection and saying he doesn't want to play Europe with Brighton. He doesn't want it. He's throwing it away. And then we go and beat Wolves 6-0. Um, so, you know, these players know what they want to achieve. And we've got six games left to achieve that. We've got two games in hand. Yes, those games in hand are against Newcastle and they're against Man City. But we've proven that we can beat anyone on our day. I know Man City are a different beast. Newcastle were absolutely incredible at the moment. And um, it's going to be tough. Um, But we've had a massive reality check and probably a reality check that we needed when we lost to United and then we went to Forest and, and they humbled us. They were a re- really, really good side. Probably, um, you know, they, they played the, the best way that they could have against us um, and come away and, you know, they, they they took it to us. and We were knackered. We were dead on our feet after playing 120 minutes. Um, and then there was 10 minutes added on um, at their place. So that was another 100 minutes. So we played 220 minutes in four days. So the players were were gone. Um, So the perfect way to respond, and if you could write a perfect response, was to beat Wolves 6-0. And then to follow it up with a win yesterday has just got that belief back into the squad. And whether we talk that belief... (laughs) Yeah, you're right, Dan, it does. Um, (laughs) And whether whether we take that belief into Monday, you know, we have to. Roberto De Zerbi said, if we go and lose to Everton or drop points to Everton, then the points against Man United are dropped. They're gone. They're, yeah. they're, you know, they're not, they're not worth what what they are. Um, so we, we've got to back it up, and it's going to be. I, I think if if we beat Everton and if we beat Southampton at home, we're we're in for a very, very, very good shout of Europe. I I'd be disappointed as a Brighton fan if they didn't get Europe. I I just 
think their football deserves it, but it comes with issues. But they're issues for next season. They're not for now. Uh, I mean, yeah, but we've already started to make the steps yeah. of, you know, if we do make Europe, we just confirmed today. I was going to ask you about of Jao Pedro, um, which is, is massive. I, I think he's probably the, the, the late Trossard replacement. Um, and also, you know, there's talks of James Milner coming to us. Um, yeah. where, how, how much um, truth is in that? I, I think there's quite I a lot of truth. pretty much done. Pretty much I done. And I, I think a, Agent Agent Adam Lalana has probably done wonders for us there. So, um, yeah, well, che- cheers, Adam. <laughs> in fairness, I, I don't think there's much of a sell to be made there. You know, he's going to play. He'll, he'll play his fair share of games. He won't play every week. He can't. But at the same yeah. time, if you can get 60 minutes a week out of him over two games, you know, he plays 60 minutes, comes off the bench for 30 in the other game, he'll play plenty. And his experience so is so versatile as well. Yeah. So versatile, right back, left back, uh, you know, anywhere in midfield, really. Um, and that's what we need. Yeah. Um, we're, we're struggling for, for a right back at the moment. That's why Moises had to play there yesterday. And to be fair, I actually think Moises did better at right back than he did in centre midfield yesterday. When he moved yeah. to centre midfield, I think I thought he lo- looked a little bit on Moises Caicedo. Like he was still good, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but he just looked a little bit uh, lost by his standards. Um, and, you know, to do a number on Rashford, and he, he done such a good His first ever time playing at right back. And, and he played a blinder. Yeah, he so, was really, yeah. really good. Uh, Luke, um, Everton, Everton are in the mud. Let you know, take the red, the red tinted glass oh, glasses off. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I just had. Yeah, yeah. Cheers, mate. They are in the mud at the minute. Um, Dominic Cavalier coming back and getting minutes into his legs over is is probably a, a plus. It has to be a plus. Yeah. They've, but losing Seamus Coleman for the running is a big blow because of That's his it. experience. But. And it looks like Onana might be injured as well. You know, he might be missing as well. So, you know, where do you, how do you see Everton pick? Can you see them picking up points? Because I cannot, for the life of me, see them not just picking up wins. I can't see them picking up points. Up a point. Yeah. I think, I think I, I called it quite early on, even when Daesh got the appointment. Daesh is not going to save him. And, I still believe that Everton are going to be lucky to probably pick up a single point. So this is Everton's last four fixtures. Brighton away, City at home, Wolves away, Bournemouth at home. How many wins are you expecting out of that for Everton? Because they're probably going to need to win maybe a couple to to stay up. And I don't think they're going to win. I don't think uh, they'll be lucky to get a draw. Maybe they might beat Bournemouth on the final day because by then Bournemouth will stay up. But I just, I just can't, I, I just can't see it. I just, I'll be I'm honest. Really I'll be honest with you. I think four points, a win and a draw from anywhere, a win and a draw from anywhere, and they'll probably get saved for thirty-four points. I think Chris is right. The hope for Everton is the last two games of the season is both Wolves and Bournemouth will be safe. And that's when Everton will have something to go for. But it could also depend on how much of a hiding they get off of Brighton and Man City. 
The other saving grace in that is I think the Man City game is in between Man City's fixtures with Real Madrid. So you can guarantee that Man City are going to heavily rotate in that one as long as they don't make any mistakes leading into the their games in the Champions League. I mean, if Arsenal drop points anywhere, then you can bet your life that Man City will ro- really rest. Heavily, yeah. Yeah, it's... Just don't see it. I just, I just can't see it. And like, there's always that team in in the Premier League. I think it was Sunderland a few years ago. They just about stay up. They just about stay up. And then the one season they go, note your luck's ran out. And I've got a feeling this is Everton's luck's just ran out. And once they go down, they're not coming back up straight away. They're going to be stuck in the championship. That, that for... new stadium will look lovely in the championship. That it? new stadium is going to be floating down the dock. That new stadium. I don't know if it gets finished. It's um, it will get finished eventually, but it won't be finished on time. This is their, one of their main problems, coupled with the fact that apparently Usmanov has been funneling money through an LLC into Everton still, while the government has said you're sanctioned. Um, they're they're in a world of trouble on and off the pitch. They could be facing points deductions. They could be facing transfer bans. That's on, and that's if they stay up. You know, if they go if down, a decision about whether or not they're getting points deductions this season. I think so, if I think season. if you're in and around the bottom of the the bottom sides, if you're Leeds, if you're Nottingham Forest, you're screaming the roof down to to get this because it's only one charge. You're screaming the roof down to get this decision made in the in this calendar in this next week or two. But Joe uh, Brighton, fantastic season. Are you worried? Not I look. I mean, you're you're when you have a good season like this, your top players are going to get looked at. They're going to get spoken about by everybody. Seeing it in the chat tonight, the chat about McAllister is real as life. It. It's not just going to be McAllister, though. There's going to be talk about a lot of other players. What about the manager? Is there a worry that an Inter Milan, a Juventus, uh, you know, a top two or three Serie A sides might come for him? Because yeah. it will, it would be tough for any Italian manager to turn one of those elite clubs down. 100%. Irrespective of how much he loves life at Brighton and how well he's doing at the minute. I believe... In the past, he's spoken about the want of going to Milan, Inter, Inter Milan. So if they come calling, yeah, it'd be very hard for him to say no. It'd be very hard for us to begrudge him of that opportunity as well. Um, to to go back to his native land and and manage, you know, one of the best teams there. Um, there's always that worry. You know, we we had that worry for years with Graham Potter as well. And, and we thought that would be the end of the world when when he left. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, look at what we've lost over the last two seasons, and look at where we are now. Yeah, what we lose doesn't define us. No, our, our owners have us so well run that they've probably already got the deserve replacement in their in their minds. They probably would you have already a replacement if he did decide that. Into well, that's that's the. That's a huge question because if you'd asked me when we had Graham Potter, who would you have as Graham Potter's replacement? I wouldn't have been able to give you an answer. I, I honestly, I wouldn't have known. And when Deserby's name came up, I had no idea who he was. 
and I'd done a lot yeah. of research on him. I'd done so much reading up of him. And the more I was reading, I was just unbelievably excited by him. I was a little bit worried because he predominantly liked to play four at the back. And whenever we played four at the back under Potter, it was an absolute disaster. We, we, we couldn't. Uh, if, no. if there's a left door. No. Or, or has he fully burnt his bridges? He's he's full full on burnt his bridges, and he, with with how arrogant he acted. If he'd acted with a little bit more class, maybe. But the way he's acted, what he said after we beat them for uh, four one, I'm gutted he didn't stay a couple more weeks so we could humble him at Stamford Bridge as well, um, because the man is the most arrogant person I've probably ever seen in football. I, I just. I don't know whether it's because of how he left us, and I don't know. I, I just can't stand the bloke. I think he's an absolute nightmare. I, I, I um, would make a point. I'd like to introduce you to Sam Allardyce's interview when he was talking about Pep Guardiola. Big Sam Allardyce claiming that he was yeah. a level of plot Pep and Arteta. Well, that is hilarious. Um, but no, no, I would not take Graham Potter back. Um, and Tony Bloom probably has some random bloke. Uh, managing in some bizarre league that you've never heard of and he'll be the next best thing because that's what Brighton do. We we bring in these replacements that nobody's ever heard of. Us Brighton fans have never heard of and they they set the world alight. Hopefully that continues. I'm not yeah. I'm not naive to think that, that that may not work the next time. Um but you know who knows we just gotta well, go with the flow. I, I have to I have to ask you about um McAllister um Son of Gary McAllister, you know, Liverpool legend, namesake, and what have you. Um, that, what do you mean, the man who won't stop talking to the press? Yeah, <sighs> he's. I mean, look, I th- I thought he was older than what he was. He's twenty. He's. I th- I thought he was older than twenty four. He just seems to have been around on the radar because I knew about him before he went to Brighton. Um, mm. I honestly thought he was about twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, what I mean, would I mean? I th- the route the talk is coming out of Bright, uh, coming out of his camp that he's told Brighton that he wants to go, to his, and it's clear as day that he's giving his all for Brighton at the moment, and I don't expect any less. But what would it take to get him, and what's a sweet spot figure that Brighton can deal with? Yeah, and, and look, I mean, the thing is, Chelsea. The Chelsea money that they paid for Enzo Fernandez was stupid money at the time. And it's been shown to be stupid money. Thank God. The danger for me with what Chelsea have done was if he did spent that amount of money and it succeeded. But the fact that they spent that amount of money and it's blown up in their face shows that they've overpaid for a lot of players. That can't be the benchmark. And I don't think uh, it is the benchmark. But or look, what look, clubs are going to be willing to pay for any player, midfielders or whatever, this right. summer coming? I think you've got to look at where Enzo came from uh, and where Alexis would be coming from. Alexis knows the league and has mm. proven himself in the Premier League. Um, so that adds some sort of premium on there. Yeah. Um, the fact that you know he signed a new deal before the World Cup. Which How long is that for? Uh, it was another three-year deal uh, off three and a half year deal or something like that. Was so that on top of to, it? Yeah, it took him up to 2027, I believe. Obviously, okay. anyone in the comments and that knows more. No, so, so that's, that's four years. It's it's huge. Whether there's a release clause in there, I don't know. This, Whether there's this, some sort yeah. of, you know, agreement 
uh, in the contract that if a if a team in Europe comes in for him and we don't make Europe, how will that work? So I I don't know, but yeah. it's gonna it's gonna take a lot. Yeah. Um, you know, we we showed showed our resolve in in January yeah. with uh, Moises Caicedo, yeah. um, and I, we'll show it again. I think January is a different window uh, mm. because you're in the middle of a season. Your plans are already set from. Your plans are already set from the summer and the season that you're in. If someone wants to come and take your player in January, then it's only right that you you bend them over and take them for as much as much as you can get. But I've often said on here, um, I firmly believe that Southampton were one of the best run clubs in the Premier League for a long time because of their model and how they were able to churn out one or two players every season. Mm-hmm. Leicester did exactly the same thing. They turned yeah. out one or two big sales every season to fund the club and to, to grow the club. And yeah. then they both stopped. Mm-hmm. And the, what you're seeing now is a result of what happens when clubs stop being that platform. And yeah. I don't take this the wrong way, but Brighton, for a lot of players, are a platform, be it for... Big clubs in La Liga, like Real Madrid, Barcelona. Estupian is a prime example of that. Someone who can come to the Premier League from La Liga, I think. Mm-hmm. He was decent in La Liga, come to the Premier League, made his name, and could end up going on to play. If he went off to play for Barcelona, he wouldn't look out of place. You know, And Mar- Marco Carrella, the same, played for yeah. in Spain, played for Spain in the Olympics, uh, went to Brighton, got his move. Is it a case that Brighton um, need to be that club as well, where it's not? I'm not saying that you can keep hoard players, but you have to allow one or two to go to keep the money flowing both ways. The money has to be keep coming in to fund the, the wages of the. If your aspirations is going to be for playing for Europe, that is a wage a wage bill that has to be funded, and it's not all yeah. going to come from you know, gate receipts and sponsorship. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the comments now and I'm, I'm not naive in the fact that Brighton could become a Southampton or could become a Leicester in the future. And someone pointed out the game does change very quickly. The difference, in my opinion, is our ownership and mm-hmm. and how, how we're building for the future. We're, we're, we have been building in a sustainable way for the last 12, 12 years, 13 years. Mm-hmm. And no, that's gone unnoticed. Um, you know, our new training ground that came out, that went unnoticed. All of our youth facilities that we, we've got pumping through the club goes unnoticed. The, the fact that we, when we joined the Premier League, we had six scouts worldwide and now we've got over 300 goes unnoticed. I, I think, yes, you, you some people maybe are right to predict that Brighton could go that way, and absolutely one stinker of a season, it does. It does go that way. No, but that's not what I was saying. I, what I was saying I, is that if you get the player who wants to go, you have to allow for that player to go, mm. so that when you're selling the club to the future McAllister, yeah. mm-hmm. that you can show them, look, this is what we can do for you. In the same way as Dortmund are doing for. Jaden Sancho, Erling Haaland, Jude Bellingham. 
Yeah, yeah. It, I it mean, can I, be, I, that, that's what I was trying to get at. Not the fact yeah. I, that... I was I was responding first of all. Oh, to the sorry, sorry. That I was seeing. That's sorry. that's all right. And um, but in terms of selling our football club uh, to uh, the next the next player that wants to come here and wants to showcase their talent, I I, I think that's a fantastic thing, a fantastic position for us to be in. Mm. Um, because we will get players like Alexis, like Moises, like Estupinian that are going to, you know, give us whatever they want to give us for two or three seasons, um, go on and, and make us insane money. Um, and, and then we're, we're in a, a very, very healthy position uh, to, to, to bring in more players and, and to keep saying to people, look, as, as you rightly say, Kev, this is what we can do for you. So give us what you give. Um, and and you will eventually get your move until we're ready to make that next step, um, because yeah. our owner our owners build in the perfect way. As I say, we've been building sustainably for the last thirteen years. Yeah. Well, um, one one player I want to ask you quickly about before we move on to Liverpool yeah. against Brentford, uh, Morgan. He was on the bench last night, and I think he played in the reserves and scored. Um, was it earlier in the week or last weekend? Young Irish international. Um, Andy Moran. Andy Moran, sorry. I keep calling him mm. Morgan. Moran. He looks, a, he looks a real prospect anytime I've seen mm. him. Um, scored again today as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I've this is the kind of stuff that the academy is starting to produce now. Because um, he's going to be, along with Ferguson, yeah. mainstays in the Irish setup for the next decade. Yeah, yeah no, I mean, mind. it's it's fantastic to see that De Zerbi rates Moran so highly to have him in and around the first-team squad and training with the first-team first, first team squad week in, week out and on the Premier League bench countless number of times this season. Um, and I've seen him play a lot live, um, like on in like reserve games, um, and every single time he's blown me away. He just seems to be that... He, he's just so creative. Um, and sort of glides through the pitch. Um, and I hope that he can translate that to a Premier League football pitch, just as well as Evan Ferguson has done. Um, but th- this is what we do so well, is we, we build these youngsters in the right way and give them their chance at the right We've time. We've in the pipeline already. Yeah, and that's yeah. the beauty of the Europa League and the Europa Conference League, that it gives a club maybe an extra 10 to 12, maybe 14 games a season to yeah. platform those kind of players along with the still maybe seven or eight players who would be on the bench yeah. to keep them interested and invested in the squad as well. So, so uh, quick score predictions for uh, for that game, Everton, Brighton versus Everton. Luke? 3 uh, 0 Brighton. It's going to be nice. It's going to be a good watch because I'll be watching that game on Monday. We've had a couple of 4 nils coming in already. Uh, Joe, how do you see this one? I'm glad you're all so confident. <laughs> I mean, um, be, I, yeah, l- listen, I, I'm I'm a very nervous Brighton fan. And whenever we go into any game, it, it scares the crap out of me. Um, but, you know, if we want that European dream, we, we have to be beating Everton comfortably. Um, and I, I think it'll be a, a nice a nice 4-0 win. I think Chris isn't far off the mark. Chris has gone for a 3-0 with a red card for Everton. 
I think the pressure is on Everton massively, and pressure makes players do stupid things. And mm-hmm. they've got the, uh, a starting eleven that's full of aggressive. Don't worry. Play, I think I've just, I've just been I've just been told in the chat that if Everton get any points from us, I will be banned from the show for the future. <laughs> um, so yeah, che- yeah. Look, cheers, Jake. It's yeah. Look, and all fair, we love having you on, but at the same time, there are standards yeah, to be met. You here. must be Everton. Don't worry. <laughs> no England's pressure. You're going to be facing no England's number one. But speaking, I mean, look, we've got a Jason Steele should be England's number one. Hey, Jason, Jesus. I have to do a quick shout out. How? How he, did that happen? <laughs> uh, compared to, because when he used to play for Sunderland and when the Sunderland documentary was out, he looked a bit of a meme on it. Like, wasn't really that good when he was at mm-hmm. Sunderland. Comes to Brighton, he's playing the tiki taka. I'm like, hold on, a keeper that can actually pass out from the back. Get this guy in, in the England squad. I've seen enough already. Get him in the England it's, squad. It's not just that. <laughs> The guy that he's keeping out is a de- is a very good keeper, you know. It's like David, David Ray, He's not. Yeah, he's a he's Robert a Sanchez. Yeah, he's in the Spain squad, and you get keeping yeah. out by uh, by Jason Steele. So. The thing is, and when, on merit, when yeah, Steele yeah. came in, um, it was um, Matt Ryan, uh, our number one, David Button, and Jason Steele was number three, and then that all changed around, and we got Tim Krull, um, and then. Uh, the season after Graham Potter decided to promote Robert Sanchez to number one, got rid of Matty Ryan, and then suddenly Jason Steele was number three again. Um, and there's a really interesting sort of eight-minute docu- documentary on on the Brighton YouTube channel about Jason Steele. Uh, it came out today, really worth watching, just to see that journey from where he was in the Sunderland to like die podcast loop. Um, yeah. to the now being Brighton's number one in the Premier League. It's just crazy. crazy. Yeah. Oh, look, it's a phenomenal story. But Brighton, listen, Brighton are, Brighton are littered with phenomenal stories this season. A massive That's credit cool. to everyone involved with it, from the owners, the football directors, down to the manager and the players. Oh, stop it, you. No, I genuinely, <laughs> they are, for me, one of, if not the most entertaining sides to watch because they're always liable to concede the odd goal. But my God, going forward... Love watching Matoma play. Still need a striker, but look, I've seen I've seen a couple of people ask in the chat as well if uh, Matoma and March will be starting on Monday. Um, I don't know. I'm not Roberto Deservey. <laughs> um, <laughs> if he was, I, we couldn't I would, afford it. <laughs> I, I would imagine they will be. <laughs> yeah, it, I yeah, I think hopefully Emmett is right. Brighton by a murder. It's going to be absolute. I hope it's an absolute batter, and it really does. Um, that's one. All right, I'll quickly ask this one. Ask Joe whether he thinks McAllister is very good because he's got Caicedo beside him. No, he's just. I think he's that good. Look he's on the World Cup. Final. Look, look, yeah, exactly. Look, look at him And yeah, you're going to say, "Oh well, he had Messi, he had Di Maria, he had Enzo Fernandez, he had this person, that person for Argentina." But he's still got to play that well. He's still got to play to that level. He he doesn't look lost in any team that he goes into. Um, and he's he's played a couple of times without Caicedo by him by his side, and he's been absolutely unreal. Um, yeah. a, a few Brighton fans have been saying he has he hasn't been scoring as much as as we'd hope him to. He's had a lot of chances that he's not put away in the second half of the season. Um, but there is no doubt that he is 
you know, an absolutely world-class player. And yeah, yeah. honestly, um, I just want to say this now uh, to you guys, that obviously if he does go to you, um, you've got an unbelievable player and an unbelievable person as well. He's yeah. handled this transfer saga so well. He could have left in January. He could have forced a move, but he's not. He's playing out of his skin. He's trying to get us to our goal of European football and then move on to to what he believes will, will be a bigger and better thing. And I, I wish him every single piece of luck that he goes on to win some amazing trophies with you guys because he deserves it. He's just also. such such a great player. Well, we're going to swiftly move on to Liverpool against Brentford because, Luke, this is probably on every which way you look at this. This is the kind of the, Brentford are the kind of side that are toxic for the way we are at the minute. Um, we've got injury worries going into this as well. Again, um, you had a lot of players carrying knocks. It looks like uh, Thiago's out for the season with his operate. He's got to have an operation on his hip. Clear that up. But the hope is that they're doing this early to get him back for preseason, which is yes. not fair enough. Um, Firmino back and back is back training on Monday. Yep. Henderson had a late fitness test after the press conference. We don't know how that went. You had a scan on that injury where it was. Just, it looked like a slight groin issue, but he finished the game okay. Um, the rest of them, I think, Jota still hasn't properly trained with, with that bruised, yeah, bruised rib, and you're still bedding Luis Diaz back in, you know, after such a long layoff. This this game has all of the red flags that you need, but on the, on the flip side, we're in really good form at the minute. We're putting wins together, back-to-back wins. I think we've five wins on the bounce in the league. Five wins in a row. And at home, we've dropped the one loss this season. There was a gift that we gave Leeds. Oh. Other than that, our home form has been very, very good. Yeah. So, I mean, Brentford deservedly beat us in the... In oh, yeah, soundly beat us. So, yeah. Roundly beat us and deserved their win. Do you expect much of a, do you expect a reaction first and foremost? And do you think Klopp is will is looking at this thinking horses for courses type selections might be needed because yeah, of I the physical I, nature of the side that we're going to be playing against? Yeah, I do I do believe it's going to be horses for courses. Um I do expect changes, obviously, with 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 some of the injury issues. Um if if depends on the Henderson fitness test, if he doesn't play, who's gonna play that right? Sided eight. Is it going to be Elliot? Is it going to be Milner? Because Brentford are going to be quite physical. Do you want to go with a, a light weightish midfield with Jones, Fabinho, Elliot, or do you want to have experience in that? So it's really, really interesting. But but even though that we lost away, I think we we I think last season when we drew three three to them away, we beat them quite soundly at home in the January. So I'm just hoping that happens again. That we, yeah. but the thing is, it's not like I think Brentford can't get Europe, and they're not going to get relegated. So those are like the one of the few teams that you can go on the beach. I on, would have on... agreed with you right up until the Forest game when they came from behind to win two one. If they'd have folded and just decided to put their towels out on the deck chairs. And took the one 0 loss and decided to trot off back to London. I'd have been, yeah, 
But the fact that they come back from 2-1 down late on against Forest, I think there's going to be players... And Wizza signed a new contract today. So you've got players that have signed um, contract extensions. You've got players who have... Some could be playing for their futures at the club. Others could be playing for moves away. Moves, yeah. So I don't think there's any gifts to be given in this one. Um, Joe, what have you made of Brentford this season? They've been in and around your neck of the woods on the table for quite a while. Dropped off a little bit, but look to be putting results back together again. Yeah, I can't lie. I'm happy to see him drop off. Um, there, there's a sort of like ownership rivalry between uh, Tony <laughs> yes, Bloom yes. and their their owner, who I've completely forgotten the name of. Um, Barnum, is it? Danish guy, isn't he? Um, so yeah, that's it's it's you know it's nice to see that if, if they are going to roll their towels out on the deck chairs and, and and let Europe go to to the teams more deserving that'd be great and um, <laughs> <laughs> thing is with with me with watching Brentford like they're a very good team from uh Raya right through to uh you know before Ivan Tony Ivan Tony it annoys me that he's still playing that he's yes. I believe proven guilty to how however many charges but he's still allowed to play and and that's why Brentford are in for a shout of Europe is because of his goals. Um, so that is frustrating. And wh- whether that's just because Brighton are going for the same European spot and, and I want them to, to have more detriment than us. Um, but you, you can't take away from what Thomas Frank has done with that team and, and where Brentford have come from um, to, to be having the season they're having, you know, that their fans must be loving it. Um, but I, I do hope you guys beat them and they fall off dramatically. <laughs> But Red Steve is making the very good point that Tony Ivan Tony scores every other week, and this is his blank week to come. So fingers crossed. But unfortunately, Wizard tends to turn up against us. And the one oh, thing no. That, no, I do not want to see him. Uh, the one thing that they are is very direct. They're very good at what they do. Frank yes. has done a really good job, and he's got them playing some good stuff. They're defensively sound. They're well balanced. We'll leave uh, spaces for them to to exploit on the counter attack. Unfortunately, so, yeah. Yeah, it's but is it a case? I've seen a couple of lineups going uh, going through the chat already. Is it a case that is it possible? Chris said here, Trent and Fab as a two in midfield, Jones further forward, Gomez to right back. That's the dream. Uh, is that possible? See, for me, Trent starting at right back, drifting into midfield, gives you the extra body in midfield when you're going forward, so you can. Yeah outnumber sides and try to win the ball higher up the pitch. But there's certain sides that play direct from the back where there is no point in counter-pressing them because they're not going to play around the back. They're yeah. not going to play it back to the goalkeeper. They're not going to play it to their to their right back and into midfield and look for a number 10. Brentford are going to knock it back to the keeper and look long. So look is it a, long is, 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 has Chris got a valid point or is he just... On too much sauce. No, I think he's got. A, I think he's got a valid point. Um, it's in the thing is with Klopp. Uh, once he's got a system that he likes, he doesn't really want to shift away from it. And a feeling that he's going to be under that mindset. If, if it's not broke, let's not fix it. So I reckon that you'll get the lineup from Spurs playing and you'll have Elliot just slot in Diaz on the left 
Gakpo will come back in for Nunez. Robertson comes back in at left back, and I think that's going to be the team, and we're going to play the exact same way with with Trent sort of playing in that two with Fabinho. So I don't expect the full formation change, but you never know. It could be because it's because I think Klopp's going to have that conundrum. Is he going to? It's the Trent to midfield move. Is that finally going to properly happen where we go, okay, we'll have one less midfielder because Trent's now going to be a midfielder or is he still going to be this hybrid? So it's going to be interesting to see where he does does play, but I expect him to play the same role as he's been playing over the past five games. It's going to be a massive show because I like the fact that Trent drifts into midfield from right back because of the fact that he does give you the extra body. His passing ever since he's ever since that Arsenal game, and we decided to switch. Thank you, Granit Jacker. His his level of passing has gone to another level. Uh, his vision is unreal. You know, he sees stuff. It's not the fact that he sees; it. he's always had the vision, but his execution and weight of pass is absolutely unbelievable. No, Chris, let's just not get <laughs> Chris. You've been having too much drink on your birthday. Yes, stop it now. But I wouldn't mind for this one game seeing Joe Gomez at right back, seeing Ibu, uh, Virgil, Robbo, Trent and Fabinho as your two sixes, Jones, Gakpo, maybe as two tens or whichever way he, wanna, he wants to do it. Flat 4 4 2, 4 2 3 four. 1, whatever way he wants to do yeah, it. Yeah, you can play 4 2 3 1. You could do whatever you want, but you have. I think with Brentford, they're one of the few sides in the league that you have to match for size and strength and aggression. And I can't see the point of having a squad with Joe Gomez available to you and for this particular game not use him. I agree with Char- Charlie the Red there as well. Trent looks like he's enjoying himself again because for the first half of the season, he looked like he was running through treacle. Some of the games, the frustration levels were through the roof. And that is huge. He's dead right. But Joe, um, you've you've seen this. You've watched us play now for a few weeks with this new system, this new way of evolving Trent. How do you think he's coped with it? And do you think it's something that Gareth Southgate will look to implement with England, given the fact that he's got two players available to him, very capable of doing that role mm. in John Stones and Trent Alexander-Arnold? Yeah, I mean, I think Klopp's been trying to move Trent out of the right-back position ever since he came up against Karim Matoma last. I think he's uh, had a few nightmares from that <laughs> that battle well, this not, season. Matoma wasn't the only one this season. I think I think he's had him on toast three times this season, so mm. I'd love to see that. Um, but, you know, it, with regards to Trent, we, we know his abilities. We've seen his abilities over the years since he's come into the, the, the Liverpool fold and um, been, been unlucky, you know, not to have more England caps, in my opinion. Um, as much as you can sort of laugh at his defensive capabilities um, on, on some occasions, that there is no denying that he is a very, very solid Premier League footballer that um, if he's moved into this new role, I, I hope to see him succeed there because he could do wonders for England, as, as you say, Kev. Um, so I, have, I think it's just a case of waiting and seeing um, whether he does that that hybrid right back to, to midfield role when you're attacking. Um, really good example of that is uh, I don't know if you guys have watched Pascal Gross do that this season. He's been playing yes. right back a few times um, and does very much the same thing, and it's really effective. 
Um, and you, you can see Pascal popping up all over the pitch. And if, if Trent's doing that as well, he can be creating uh, all sorts of chances from every single angle. Um, and that's going to be great for Liverpool. Well, Laszlo's making the point just to leave it as it is. It ain't broke, don't fix it. If Trent starts in the back four, out of possession and into midfield, in possession, that's a fair point. And look, that's the decision the club has to make. It's, so I think, Curt Curtis team. Jones has has the shirt on the left-hand side and until yeah. someone is someone comes and takes it off him, it's, fit enough you know, it, it, it's his shirt at the minute. He's done absolutely, he's done really well for me. You know, he's done exactly what you need someone in that position to do, to keep the ball neat and tidy, move it when it needs to be moved, bring it with you when it needs to be brought. And he's chipping it, he's chipped in with a goal as well. So how do you see the front three, Luke? Because do you see Darwin starting off the left with Gakpo through the middle? Um I'd be surprised for me, I'd be surprised if unless he goes with Diaz for the third game in a row. But three games in a week. Three starts in a week on the on the back of yeah. basically five six months out with a, a bad injury. I think I think the smart money is going to be Gakpo down the middle, Darwin on the left, and Diaz to come on. I think. Um, yeah, let's not. Oh, I just hope Klopp just doesn't say, "Oh, he's back." Let's let's play him, play him, play him, play him. He should be just easing yeah, no, him I... in. Sixty here, thirty here, just till the end 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 of the season. So yeah, I think. The front three is going to be uh, Gap, uh, Salah, Gakpo, and Nunes. Well, Salah's scored eight in his last eight. Um, mm. Shooting up the scoring charts, I think he's on 17 for the season. 18 he's for the season. season, apparently. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I think he's on 18 Premier League goals for the season. So, odds are, I think he gets to 20 again. And look, Haaland aside, Easy. I think his standards are ridiculous. They just are. He, He's the, the standard that he's judged by comparing to when you look at Saka, and I think Saka's had a really, really good season, you know, and I think there's going to be a lot more to come Rashford from him in, well. in years to come. Yeah, Rashford, a fantastic season by his standards. Saka, by his standards, having a really good season. But Salah's judged differently. And unfortunately, even though they play the same position, Salah, Mo Salah is just judged different. It is what it is. You can't, it can't be helped. Just got to roll with it. Um, Luke, a, a quick score prediction from you, from yourself and goal scorers for you. I'm not going to ask Joe for that one. I am going to go. I'm I'm going to go 2-0 Liverpool. Alisson's going to get his 100th clean sheet for Liverpool. And I'm going to go Nunes and Salah. I thought you was going to say Alisson's going to get a goal. Like, <laughs> he's, done it, he's, he's done it before. Yeah. He's done it before, yeah. Well, in fairness, he usually does it when top four runs are in the mix so <laughs> look yeah two short of 20 league goals means he'll hit 20 goals every season he's played for Liverpool plus he's two away from catching Gerrard I think he's going to be 30 all comps he's, he's, he's 29 all competitions at yeah the it's crazy Joe can I get a score prediction off yourself please for this one my man yeah 2-0 Liverpool I'd be delighted with that please I think be just, just, just get rid of Brentford I think it'll be 2 1 Liverpool, but I think it's going to be nervy, tight. It's going to be an ugly game. And yep. for if you, anyone who's going to it, I just hope the atmosphere is absolutely cracking. I'm not going to talk about the stuff to do with. <laughs> That's not I good. wish, listen, I wish the Premier League 
come out and made the decision that and took the decision off out of club's hands. I think the Premier League dropped clubs in it by making this decision. Oh, but look, I'm not getting involved. I don't think it's it's not worth getting involved in, to be honest. But a really good show. I just I just really enjoyed the chat. I don't want to be going down that road. Um, you are going there, Chris. Yeah, look, he's. I'm not even getting in there. Yeah, there's a few others. Apparently, Garbreen from this parish is over there as well this weekend. So yeah, I know there's a few going this weekend. But yeah, Mo will will be equal on goals and the same number of goals scored as Everton. <laughs> That's crazy. That's mad. That's but on that note, listen. Uh, the link for the charity is in the ch- in the description below for twelve women from Ashburn GA Club running the Dublin Marathon in October. Golf Day is coming up in June. Any support that anyone can give via sponsorship, um, maybe sponsoring spot prizes or tea boxes, you can email at lfcdaytrippers at gmail.com and Gav will get back to you like really razor sharp. Other than that, if you want to donate, please do so. If you want to share it, please share it on all your socials, into WhatsApp groups, Facebook, all that lovely good stuff. Luke, what have you got on for this weekend? This weekend, it's UFC 288. So myself and uh, Callum will be doing a watch long 3 a.m. on the Sunday morning. We're going to be up we're gonna be up early. It's going to be great. For Algerain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. He's making his wow. UFC return after three years out. So, yeah, That's it's going to be a cracker. That is going to be a big card for sure. And Joe, where can people find you? And what are you up to for... Apart from getting some sleep, because Joe was up at the crack of dawn on BBC Five Live this morning. The poor man is working himself to the bone this weekend. So, what yeah, are you doing for I, that weekend and what have you? Uh, so, we're recording a very happy podcast tomorrow with Albion Obsessed. Um, and hoping to be recording another one come uh, Monday as well, uh, evening. Um, yeah, I'll be getting some sleep, as you say, Kev. Um, I I got home last night at around half past eleven, um, and couldn't switch off because I was just absolutely buzzing. I was watch- I watched the penalty probably about twenty times. I can't lie, um, and I was just like catching up with everything on Twitter. Um, and I went to bed at two a.m. and then had four hours sleep, um, and then went on BBC, went back to sleep for like two hours. So yeah, I'm running on empty at the moment. Um, but yeah, if people want to come and listen to our podcast, we do post-match analysis, uh, a few like sort of guest chats. We've just had the uh, uh, one of the members of the fan advisory board on our podcast, which was really fun to, to chat to them about what they want to do to bridge the gap between the club and the fans. Um, and yeah, if you if you want to see what uh, the, the world of Brighton Hove Albion's up to, just follow us on at Albion Obsessed across all social medias and on YouTube. Brilliant. On that note, thanks to everyone in the chat. If you could all just please smash the like button on the way out, it would be much appreciated. And we're back tomorrow with a post-match for the Brentford game and Sunday with the Fact Pack 4 and Monday with winners and losers and we start all over again. On that note, listen, thanks to everyone for watching. Thanks you to Luke and thank you to Joe and everyone in the chat. And we'll see you guys soon. Take care. Good night. Sports Social Podcast Network.